You're listening to Earnestly Speaking, the only weekly podcast that covers friends, foes, and anything that goes. And now, for your badass host, Ernest Owens. And we're back with another episode of Earnestly Speaking with your host, Ernest Owens. Myself. <laughs> well, 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 well. Happy July. Because Pride Month, okay, Pride Month ended with a bang. All right? I don't know what happened on June 30th, 2021, but it went down. It went down. Okay? I, I don't even know where to start. I woke up in the morning with wild news. And the day just kept going, you know, ape shit. For all of my journalists out there, you know, in the struggle doing the work, my hats go off to you. Because I don't even know. It was like every hour there was something falling from the sky. You know, there was deaths, you know, reinstatements, decisions, people getting free, people staying locked up, all, all kind of shit that went down. And I haven't been so excited to, to host this episode, to do this episode. I mean, I thought last week was crazy. But this week, my goodness, like, it's just... It's just bananas. It, it's bananas. Uh, uh, 2021 is showing its ass. I mean, 2020 was crazy. But the 2021 said, hold my beer. I knew 2021 was going to come with the shit stuff. I said, when this pandemic begins to slow down, people are about to come out in full swing. Okay? Play, cue the music to Diana Ross's, you know, I'm coming out. They, but they don't want the world to know they got to let it show. They're trying to show their ass. And it's very obvious. I mean, it's just... It's just so much, y'all. And I always say this. I feel like I, I just say this all the time. But really, June 30th, it was a lot. Like, I am looking forward to this, you know, three-day weekend, this 4th of July weekend. It could have come at a better time. Like, my bestie, Jamarcus, is having his birthday over the weekend. You know, we about to hit up some nice spots. People, you know, my, my, my friends was like, you can't be putting out where you going before the podcast because now people are like coming to the places I'm going and meeting me there. And it's 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 not that I think people are creepy because I support and I love my fans and my listeners. But it is interesting because, you know, my friends are like, you know, we know I, you got to take your little selfies and do all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we trying to, and I understand. So I, I can't, I was just about to say, oh, we're going to go. But people that know us well, it's one of our favorite spots. That's all I'm going to say. And there's multiple favorite spots, but it's one of our favorite spots. So catch us if you can. But um, yeah, his his birthday is this weekend. So we're, we're getting together uh, a group of us to have some 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 good times. That's what I, that's what I can say. Um, but yeah, I just I, 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 I need I need this this break. I need some drinks. I'm going to be hitting up, you know some other some other things i mean i'm i don't really know what i'm gonna do for fourth of july as far as like a, a whole like cookout situation like unless there's somebody i know i who, who got a oh I, oh I i know who i'm gonna i'm gonna go to my lawyer my lawyer gonna probably have a grill out i'm gonna go bother him his wife that's what i'm gonna go, go bother them because they 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 like the you know they that 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 type of like you know we got a grill we got a backyard and so like i like to play house and be that 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 little brother that just go over the house and have the drinks and and, 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 and you know love that like suburban life. They live all out there like um, 
East Oakland and all that. They live all out there. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a $30 Uber ride. But <laughs> once I get there, it, it's a whole bar. It's a whole, it's a whole situation. So it's worth it. So maybe Mr. Johnson, I will go down there because I don't have any, like, I don't have any crazy 4th of July, like, grill plans. Like, I'm not doing none of that welcome America nonsense, wild, wild stuff. I haven't done that since... Ooh, I was in high school. No, not high school. It's college. Uh, it's been that long. And it's been quite the day, y'all. Um, when Nicki Minaj was cursing all on the stage and Ed Sheeran was there. That was a concert, though. We had quality. Now we got Flo Rida. Who, who thought Flo Rida in 2021 was a good idea? When y'all had Nicki... Y'all had Nikki and Ed Sheeran on the same stage. And they were, I mean, you know, Nikki's still, you know, I guess relevant, but Ed Sheeran is too, hell. But they were like, that was a nice little, that was a nice little little lineup. They haven't really had anything like that since. They had like Megan Trainer. I mean, Jennifer Hudson, you know, Jennifer Hudson's solid. Um, Pitbull, which I could see the hype around Pitbull. But, but more so when I was, that, that was college years. I was talking to a, to a friend, I was like saying, y'all remember Kesha before all the Dr. Luke nonsense or before she came out with, you know, with, you know, telling her story about Dr. Luke and his creepy ways and all that. That 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 Kesha era, that that blow, that TikTok, that uh, timber. I was like, you know, people, you know, you know. Yeah, Kesha knew the assignment. Kesha, Kesha had a, a nice little turn up. I was listening to some early music from the 2010s. Can you believe that we're now in the 2020s? We're we getting, we getting old. But I was listening to the early 2010s. Like, you know, because uh, this is, you know, we're, we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of 4 by Beyonce. Beyonce's 4 is 10 years old? What? Born This Way is 10 years old? What? Just... I just remember the summer of, of 2011 because that was my first summer in Philly. I kept trying to figure out why it was it memorable because it was like my, my first summer in Philly. Like I got the experience Philadelphia. Like my first Philly summer was 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the songs that was popular back then, I was listening to it because everybody's been talking about Willow Smith again, was Whip My Hair by Willow Smith. I forgot how young she was when that song, when she did that song. With my hair, go go play it. Go go back and I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. You know, like eleven years later, like seriously, go back and listen to "With My Hair" by Willow it, Willow Smith, Will Smith's daughter, of course, and, and Jada's. Very very very. Um, it aged well. I'll just say that it aged well. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have no hair like that, but I just thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been quite the quite the week and quite the the, the, the recent day, um, but you all have kept you all are like really going up for my social media lately. I mean, you always kind of do, but this week has been heavy, heavy, heavy because a lot of stuff been going on. Um, but you all been listening to the podcast. The podcast has been shooting up the charts. I mean, we're we're past the top one hundred and fifty. Okay, the one hundred and fifty of all news commentary podcasts on Apple. Okay, and there's thousands, thousands. Of, of news news commentary is a competitive genre like next to news podcast news commentary podcast people like me who, who who do opinion and voice and all that perspective analysis this is a fucking competitive ass genre this is not like no health and wellness urban division section five mid-atlantic you know how they do all those divisions this is just straight up news commentary and we are in the top 150 and i have to keep telling people 
this is a independent podcast. Like I, I fund this. Like I get, I, you know, I raise my money. I'm not owned by a corporation. Like, like I don't have any contracts. I, like I'm doing this like myself. And um, this is completely independent. This is completely Ernest Media Empire LLC. Okay, so all the content, the production, all of that, that's all me. You know, and um, I'm happy about that because I get to say the shit I want to say. And I'm very happy. I'm, I'm just happy that you are listening and supporting it. You know, we're like, shoot, nearly 30 episodes in if you include the bonuses and whatnot. Um, and we're just, we're just pushing through. We're just pushing through. And each week there's a new lesson, a new experience. And I'm just very happy with my, my consistency. I've, I've now completed six months consistently doing this podcast. I have not missed a beat. Like, I really have been consistently doing this show. But part of it is because you all listen to and support it. Um, and I'm grateful for that. So thank you so much. Um, my book is great. You know, things are coming along with my book. Um, and I'm super excited about that. The, 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 you know, I can't talk too, too much about everything, but I'm, I'm seeing a finish line. That's all I can say. I'm seeing a finish line. I'm seeing a, a, a finish line. That, that's, 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 that's what I like to see. I'm, I'm seeing a finish line, um, you know, to this, to this project, as far as the, you know, the draft and write the draft. I got to get the edits and all that, but, but I, but you know, when you, when you first see a book, and you start on that first page, that first chapter, you know, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know what to do, I don't do. And, and then as you just be, continue to just go through the process and just write. And so I'm writing and I'm hearing you all like, when that book going to drop? We need that book. Listen, it's coming. 2022 is coming. You know, and I'm happy to say that because, you know, sometimes we write, when people write books, it takes years and years. And, you know, like in a PhD or a thesis, it takes years and years. But I, I'm just happy that. I'm, you know, I don't have to worry about that. Like I, I was, I was very fortunate to, you know, just be able to be able to say it's next year, you know, um, fall of 2022. So I'm just happy to be able to say that, you know, cause it's not that, it's not that far. The wait, it will not be that over. And everybody want to pre-order the book and everything. I'm, I'm in the interviews. I'm in the, you know, doing all that. I sent out a, a national request for experts and you all, some of you all have applied for it. The deadline is passed. So now people about to get there, you know, Congratulations. Let's do the interview kind of thing. I'm looking at people from all across the country, different backgrounds, identities. It's going to be a really, I just, I'm just super excited about the book. I just, I'm just excited. And I'm ready for all, all of the conversations, the debates, and all the news that's going on, right? All of the news. Everybody's been talking about all this stuff. It's just like the perfect storm. Like, it's just the perfect time to write the case for counter culture. It just is. And I'm hyped. And you can tell, so super excited. This wedding, it's coming. It's coming sooner than the book. It's coming. Ooh, we we close to we we're getting close to hundred days away, y'all. Ooh, and I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Everyone's been asking me, "Are you getting nervous, jitters?" I'm like, "No, I want this." I, listen, it's so weird. I never like years ago. If you would ask me if I was like ecstatic or excited about getting married, like, well, shoot, we've been together for seven years. Oh goodness, I've been, I've been, I've been spoken for for almost a decade. But if you would ask me like ten years ago, summer of two thousand eleven, if I was going to be uh, spoken for or wanting to be spoken for, um, yeah, I would have never guessed. 
I would have never, I would have never imagined at all, at all. Um, I was always scared. I just thought, you know, Mary, you know, I don't know. But I was also very young. I was like, ooh, 19. I was 19. Yep, I was 19. I hadn't turned 20 yet. Yep. Yeah. I, yep. 19. So yeah, I wasn't in the head for marriage because I was clear, I was clearly just getting my stuff out there, out there, you know. So yeah, I I definitely wasn't thinking of it. But I think it's funny because like now I'm so like yes, because in a way I kind of feel like I'm married already. You know, I feel like I've I've been I, I you know people say marriage changes things. I mean I don't know what you sis has to be doing, but but but, but you know why well, I go go there. But I, I was just well I will just say that. I've been, you know, Mr. Johnson and I have been living together, or as some of the old heads would say, because I grew up Pentecostal, shacking, um, <laughs> for, hmm, he graduated, about four, uh, four years, yep, four years, yes, we've been living together for four years, because he was, like, still in school, you know, pathway, but he, me, technically, was living me all through, but he was like officially like like it was us all both on the lease i would say about four years yeah yeah 2017 even though his final year he lived on he lived well actually five years because i will count that that final year because he yep yep about five years so yeah we live we listen we've been living together for five years okay in the same house we moved i moved i lived in my last studio then we moved to the new place once he got here um, but whew, those were the days because uh, I'm just thinking about it now. Mm. Yeah, we was. Yeah, we was. I mean, we live. We live, live together, and it's we. It's two men living together in a house. If you can make it through a pandemic, you can make it through everything. Okay, because between clothes and take out the trash, and cooking and pots and socks and. All of that, we we found a way to make it make it through, and we're not going to figure. And I and I'm not all this. Who's the messy one as far as cleanliness? You'd be surprised who it is. I have no comment. I'm not going to give you our guessing game, but people could assume what they want to assume. I think it's funny when people try to guess personalities and, and behaviors of gay men. You'd be surprised. You have to live in the house to see it for yourself. That's all I would say. And, and you know. I would say too that it's. I don't know. I think we find me. The, the good thing about us that we arrive at compromise very fast, and that's what made us be able to last. I sometimes see people where there's like people stubborn and stuck in their ways. We 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 we. I think what makes us work is we find compromise easily on things. Like it's it's never too much of a what's going to happen. I, I mean, somebody bends. No pun intended. But eventually, someone bends. Uh, and you got to be versatile. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, you have to be adjustable, right? You have to be willing to, you know, some, you know, what they call give and take and all that. But, but when it comes to it, and I think you get a flow once you get to you get to understand someone's groove. They get to see your groove, and you begin to realize, okay, we can work together. We can live together. We can do this, you know, a certain way. But you got to get comfortable with somebody and. I know people say you can't live, you shouldn't live no man until you're married, but I, I don't know. Fuck all this traditional shit, because clearly our situation is, by all means, 
not traditional, but that's why a lot of these gay marriages and relationships last. The the ones that are serious, right? Because listen, listen, living with another black man as a black man is in our twenties is is it, it takes work. Getting familiar with, with flow and everything, sleeping patterns. I get up earlier now because he's an early person. Like I used to be when I was growing up, I used to get up at like the weekends, I would get up at like twelve, one o'clock PM. But now, like getting up at nine makes me feel like I'm cheating, like I'm doing something, you know, bad for my day. Like, oh my goodness, I slept in. I got up at nine AM. Cause he gets up early. Okay. And he jogs and he does all that stuff. Listen. Okay. But he also goes to bed early too. It's interesting. But he's he got a flow. He's got a flow. But I also think because I'm like my own, like I'm a very entrepreneurial in a way, like I, you know, kind of have my own little schedule. But now he gets me up a certain way. But he makes the best smoothies and I can't complain. And uh, that's his talent. So, and I cook too. You know that. Y'all know. I just cooked a really great uh, ribeye steak uh, like the other week. And you all was like going crazy because my, my steak cooking process is ridiculous. Like, I have a meticulous method. I mean, I have to marinate, okay? First of all, let's let's break this all the way down. I got to get the best cuts, okay? We, we, do, we do prime, you know, we do grade A. Everything is prime, grass-fed, okay? We do the, we do top, okay? We do the top uh, ribeye. We do, we don't do sirloin. I don't, I don't do sirloin. I'm not judging if you do. I don't do chuck. I don't do, I do ribeye or New York strip. And New York strip typically is my favorite, but I do like a good bone in ribeye. But I love a good New York strip. Okay, bone out is gorgeous, but a but a nice ribeye with a bone in, we could do that too. We could fuck it up. Porterhouse, of course, is great too. But my my two man my manageable ones. Cause see, that's the thing too. You got to get a steak that you can manage. I mean, there's restaurant. If I go to a restaurant, I will do a porterhouse. But at home, you got to think about how you do your meats. But see, this is what this is what real cooks know. People that cook know what I'm talking about. So I, I take it out of the fridge. I do not, you know, I, I got to let it thaw out in inside of the fridge, okay? People like to take it out and I don't know why. If you just mm, mm, process, it has to slowly defrost, okay? It's about 48 hours. My marinade, okay? I got a lot of stuff in my marinade. My marinade is crazy. I use um, bals- balsamic, uh, red wine vinegar, balsamic vinegar, um, Soy sauce, olive oil, Worcestershire sauce, uh, Dijon mustard, a little bit of garlic powder, crushed chopped garlic, minced minced garlic, okay? Fresh um, rosemary, um, but you can use dry rosemary. Um, gotta have that fresh cracked black pepper. No salt. Don't ever use salt, okay? Um, yeah, and I combine my stuff. Uh, I use a, a third, a fourth, uh, no, a fourth cup of, of all the liquid ingredients I say, the base, stir that up, take that, that lovely, okay, steak out, pat that thing dry, put it in a Ziploc bag, you gotta get you a really good Ziploc bag, okay, pour the marinade in it, let it even, let it soak, but put it in the marinade within the Ziploc bag, I don't like putting it in shallow dishes, I think that's very old school, I don't think it marinates properly, uh-uh. You got you to put it in the Ziploc bag, rub it in and massage it in there. Make sure that marinade gets into the vessel. And you put that in the fridge, eight hours, okay? Take it out, 
Okay, take take remove remove the you know the the the, the remainder of the marinade. Okay, you need to put it in a in a. And this is my technique. Now, this is a tactic. Now this is for the pro pros. This is what I do. I take it out. I put it in a uh, it's a plastic container. You know, one of those like ones with the, the tops that pop off. Or whatever. Put it in one of the plastic containers. Put it in there. Leave it out. Room temperature closed for two hours or ninety minutes. You got to get that meat down to room temperature. I know people have heard crazy methods and stuff, but I would say between 90 to 2 hours. Okay? I get my meat down to room temperature to the best I can. Because that cooking process, that even process, okay, you don't want to ever put a cold steak on a cast iron skip. Don't you ever do that. Don't ever do that. I will know if you did because if that crust comes off a little too hard, it does too much. You got to let it you got to let it get to the it's an art form. Okay, it's an art form. So once I get off of room temperature, you gotta pat it dry. You gotta make sure it's real dry. Take any of that residue, any of that you know marinade that came out, just pat it down, pat it down. Then you wanna you know use a good season, steak seasoning. You know I use some some really good uh, coarse salt, some fresh cracked black pepper. You know whatever else you got that you wanna add, but just get a little bit of that, put it on there, put it on there right before you put it on the skillet. Okay, don't put it on there too 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 early. Because then it can, it can, it can, the salt can, can tear into the steak. You don't want to put it to, you want to put it right before you put it on the cast iron skillet. So let's talk about a cast iron skillet real, real quick. Because I just digress all over the place. You want a black cast iron skillet. You want to make sure it's seasoned. And if you don't know what it means to season, go Google. Because I could talk about that for hours. You're going to get you some, you're going to get some avocado oil. Okay, don't use canola oil. That's how your, your house gets smoky. You want to get that good avocado oil because it's going to have that 500 degree pressure point. Okay, that heat. And that's going to make sure that smoke point so that your house don't just be going crazy. Okay, the pros use avocado oil. Okay, plus this is good for you. So get that cast iron skillet. Get it, put it on like a four. You know, get on that, that, that medium high heat. You want to get it real hot. You want to get it so hot that you can see smoke coming out of the pan. But a little bit of smoke. See, it don't got to be crazy smoke, but just a little bit, right? Then you put that cast, that that, that um, avocado oil, pour some in the pan. Don't do too much. You're not trying to, you're not trying to cook chicken. Just pour enough that it touches all over the rim and spreads out on, 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 the, um, on the cast iron. So you let that get real hot. Now, you know it's hot if you get a little flicker of water and hit a little pss, pss. If you hit that, it's time to go. Now, you slowly but surely put that thing on the cast iron, put it, put it on there, put your meat on there. And you're going to hear that nice sear. Shh. That is a beautiful sound. Okay. You ain't supposed to have all this pop, 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 pop. That's too cold. The meat was not on room temperature. You want to hear a nice shh. And it's a nice little crickle. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice fry. It's not too dramatic. It's not too much. It's a nice like warm. It's, that means that the meat, the warmness of the meat is complementing. It's cooking it easier, slower. Getting into the vessel. The marinade is in there. It's in this right place. The room temperature means that the meat is not causing an automatic temperature shock factor that can fuck up your meat. Okay? So you can sear it, you know, how I do. I eat my steak medium. Okay? I don't do well done. I don't do medium well. Uh, I do medium. Okay? Don't eat this. Don't ever eat a steak at well done. You, you might as well don't eat a steak. You can eat bacon. Okay? You can eat a dog. You can eat something. Well, don't eat a dog, but you get what I'm saying. You can eat something else, but do not eat. A, don't eat a steak well done. Don't be disrespectful. If you want to eat a steak well done, I, I suggest you eat chicken. If you want to eat something well done, eat chicken well done. 
Chicken needs to be cooked well done. You can't eat it any kind of way. Okay? Get your chicken. Get your chicken well done. If you like pork chops, get your pork chop. Okay? Well done. But all the other fish and other things, you know, you can play around with that lamb and stuff. You could do different things. I had lamb tonight. Um, but but don't don't ever don't ever do <laughs> don't ever do a steak well done. That's a joke. Okay? Even burgers. When they ask me how I want my burger done, I don't even get my burger well done. I get my burger like medium well. Sometimes I do medium dependent, but some people not do a medium burger. I do medium well for burgers. But as far as steak, uh, a medium, or, or, you know, sometimes I get risky. I'll do a medium rare, but that is if you are a, 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 a decent steakhouse. You got to be, and let me be clear, okay? Not, not, not like, well, I'm about to throw some shade. Like, like, I'm not playing with chilies. I'm not even going to chilies unless I'm getting those, um, those fireside egg rolls or whatever. Those, uh, Southwestern egg rolls. Woo! I miss those. I need to go back to Chili's and just get those. And, and those and those bites. You know what I'm saying? Those bites are everything. Those bites were everything. You know, I just... Ugh. The buffalo bites. Y'all remember those? You put it... They had the different sauces. You know, because my, my favorite thing I would get from Chili's because I didn't trust Chili's food like that. Well, let me be clear. I never wanted to play myself and try to get fajitas or a steak or anything, a pasta from Chili's. I just never want to fucking play myself. I think Chili's got some of the best finger food, you know, for a restaurant. Like, I got some of the best, like, finger food, you know. Um, so I would always get the triple play at Chili's because I, it would never disappoint me. So my favorite things I would get would be like the um, artichoke dip or the spinach artichoke dip. And then I would get the, the boneless buffalo wings. And then I would get the Southwestern egg rolls. But anyway. I digress. I don't get steak, you know, like I said, unless it's a place like Steak 48, I'll get, I'll do medium rare at Steak 48. I'll do medium rare at, you know, some of these other places. Not, not Ocean Prime. I don't even eat at Ocean Prime. No. But like, mm, Del Frisco's, I'm going to probably stick with a medium at Del Frisco's. Not that it's bad or anything. I just, I, I, uh, depends. But some of these places, you know, like if I was to go to Alpen Rose, like Alpen Rose, yeah, I'll do a medium rare Alpen Rose for sure, most definitely. I think that'll be. I would. I would get that. Y'all yeah, definitely get a medium rare at Alpen Rose. And if you don't know what Alpen Rose is, look it up. But in Philadelphia, I would definitely get it at Alpen Rose. They 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 would do it right. They know what justice looks like, and they stay. So that being said, um, cook it that way. Um, so I do three minutes per side. Take them out. We had twelve minutes. Um, I, you know, about 12 minutes. So you do both sides. So, but let me say this though. The first part is you, once you see the first side three minutes, you see the other part three minutes. Now, when you get ready to do that next flip back, you need to add some butter, some fresh thyme, and some crushed garlic in that mix. Okay? We got to base it, y'all. We got to flavor it, y'all. We got to add that aroma, those aromatics. We got to give it that flair, that flavor. And then once you're done, you need to take it out. Okay, put it back, put it in a plastic container, you know, like when the lids and let it let it just cool off. Um, or another trick I would do is put on a, a cooling rack. You could do a cooling rack, but I actually don't recommend a cooling rack. I like to put it in a closing container because you might want to depend on what your temperature is. If you don't you want to master it, you want to cool off. But you also have to understand that when you let the steak rest, 
it's internally cooking. So you can't put it on a cooking rack, actually. I just don't ever like to have my meat all covered, like all out there. You can put the lid on, too, and it will definitely lock in those internal temperatures, but it would also rest the meat and, 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 and let it continue to cook itself out so that you can actually maintain that medium, you know? Because let people say, it's not, it's not heating long enough. No, no. Meat cooks itself. It heats its own self up if you take it out. Like when you let the cool, there's still a cooking process taking place for those who don't know that. So after about 10, 15 minutes, I do 15 minutes sometimes, 10 to 15 minutes. You take it out, you put it on that cutting board, you, you do that slice against the grain. And you got a good steak, a fully marinated steak. And if you thought all that stuff you did to it was not going to lock in the flavor, I will promise you, my marinade is so, po- is so potent that you are going to taste that, that, that flavor, that juiciness in that steak. Best steak ever. Cooked at my house. I gave y'all something great. I gave y'all something. I gave y'all a recipe. I might give y'all more recipes, but I was just feeling good to give y'all a recipe. Try that steak. Let me know what you think. Get in my comments. DM me. Take a picture. Let me see what you do with the steak on social media. I want to see. I want to see what you do. It's a. It's the. It's the Ernest Steak Challenge now. <laughs> but no, that's not. That's like I, I've just fallen in love doing that steak that way. But I digress. I just. I don't know. Y'all like a long podcast episode. This is going to be a long-ass podcast episode. And y'all love the tea. Y'all do. Okay? Shout out to my, you know, my listener, my, one of my listeners. He he loves the lawn. Mow his lawn listening to my show. And so I'm trying to have the episode come out so they can be able to lawn in time. But it's been getting hot outside. Oh, my God. I, I literally, I got, I don't know. Maybe y'all can hear the air conditioner or not, whatever. But I, I had to have the air conditioner on. I couldn't even play. I couldn't play. I got water next to me. Squeeze lemon. You know, I got to be right because with the tea that's coming out, you know, I'm building y'all up. So let's get into this wedding. I'm excited about the wedding, like I said. Planning has been a blast. I'm getting return envelopes back, which is fabulous. Like I'm getting people returning, but something happened. And some of y'all have heard about a little bit about it, but I want to talk about it in full. I had a situation where somebody who was invited to my wedding um, basically tried to invite their mistress in lieu of their partner. I will say that, yes. And so what had happened was, is that I looked in a return envelope and they said, um, they invite themselves and then said, oh, um, in lieu of XYZ, XYZ being the person of their partner's name. And I was like, what the fuck? Wait, I'm confused. You didn't read the invitation. It said no transferables. So I hit them up. I said, hey, what's going on here? You know, because I got contact information. They was like, oh, I want to invite my special friend. Now, let me be very clear. They never said the word mistress for accuracy. But they said special friend. So I said, well, what's the gender of this special friend? And then they told me. The, I said, well, what's going Wait a minute. Hold up. What, what is this? What's this? Well, you know, they're my special friend. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, bro. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. No, man, I cannot do this. So I told them, per my invitation, no transferables. You can't trade it all. So long story short, the, the, the partner and them are going to be coming to the wedding together. I have not disclosed to the partner or anything about it. They don't even know it happened. Um, they, they don't know. They don't know anything. They, everybody is, is, you know, within their bubbles, okay? Their respective quarters or their, their chambers, okay? So nobody knows. Um, I'm going to keep it that way. Because that ain't my business. Somebody said you should invite them. Let me explain something to you. These are grown, grown folks. Let me just, let me clarify that. And I'm very, 
it's not that easy. Let me just, I'm giving y'all some hints a little bit about the nature of it, you can imagine. But it is not easy to discard certain people. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, you know, this brown grown folks type of situations, okay? This is a, hey, Shirley, this Beverly kind of situation. And I am not going to get involved between Shirley and Beverly, okay? I'm going to let grown folks be grown folks today uh, because that's important. I'm going to let grown folks be grown folks. That's crucial. So, uh, as far as planning ahead, I'm excited about July. I'm excited about this month. I mean, Pride Month was good. Pride Month was cool. There was a lot going on Pride Month. Big announcements. I mean, I, I enjoyed my Pride Month. I mean, there was there was some there was some shit, but I enjoyed it. But I really am looking forward to July wedding shower, Bestie's birthday, bachelor's party. I'm doing it all. You know, doing some other things. I'm going to save some of that for y'all later. But um, no, July has been July has been a fun month uh, or a kickoff. I guess I feel a good for July. It hasn't. Like start is start. I mean, we just, you know, we, we just came in. But I just feel good about it. That's all. All right. So let's get into the shits. I want to get at the top of this early because I know I don't really want to spend too much time talking about it. But as y'all know, the Trump Organization and its CFO is being indicted by the Manhattan Grand Jury. Okay. Manhattan is coming. The Manhattan District Attorney and the New York Attorney General. Because I keep telling y'all, Leticia James... Is not here to play with you hoes. Okay? If she, if there's somebody that's gonna get the job, she's gonna get the job. And Leticia, we trust. I keep saying this. For those who listen to this podcast, you know I've been saying it from the very first episodes. Leticia is gonna be the one that's going to do it. A black woman is going to end Trump. It has to end that way. That's how the saga concludes. That's my prediction. It, it, there's no plot. Well, there's always gonna be a plot twist. But that is gonna be, that's how I think the story is gonna end. The, 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 the one demographic that was the most loyal and faithful from the very motherfucking beginning is going to close the book on Trump from the beginning to the end. It's going to be a black woman. It has to. That is the, 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 the ceremonious conclusion to the end of Donald Trump. I am banking on that. I'm saying it now. Remember this conversation. So the indictments against um, the Trump organization, um, they basically... There are some indictments, right? So the Trump Organization, his longtime finance chief, finance chief is a guy named uh, um, Alan Weisselberg. Um, basically, is going to get this indictment. Uh, the organization Weisselberg handed up uh, was headed handed by some the New York grand jury. They're going to reveal more information, um, you know, very soon. But basically, NBC had previously reported that the charges centered around allegations of Weisselberg and these other Trump organization executives receiving benefits without reporting them properly on their tax returns. Hmm. But to be clear, because I know y'all about to get excited, Trump is not expected to be charged this week, apparently. But the indictments could bring possible fines and legal problems to his company. But let's be clear. Trump has not gone down yet. Just got to let, let y'all understand. So far, not good, <laughs> I guess. But but it's coming. It's coming, right? And so everybody's trying to sniff it. Let's be very clear. This is the Manhattan DA's, DA's attorney. This has nothing to do with the investigation 
that's involved in Letitia James' office, okay? She's doing her own investigation that is separate from this. So if for those of y'all who think it's over because of, of one, no, this is the Manhattan DA's office that's leading this, okay? They are working with the New York Attorney General, but that's just protocol within the state and city. But Letitia James got her own investigation she's doing. And so you can imagine that they're trying to connect these dots. But this got to be the first shoe in the drop because people have been waiting. Like, okay, because this reminds me of Mueller. Remember, you know, Robert Mueller who had the investigation, the special investigator? Okay, and like all that investigating and that report came and it just was like, what the fuck, right? And, 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 and at the end of the day, Congress was not going to impeach a sitting motherfucking president. I mean, not knock him off, right? They did, but not convict all right, impeach. He got impeached twice. Conviction? No. So, not nothing there, but just putting it out there in the streets, y'all. Putting it out there in the streets. It can come. It might come. You know, it, it can come. But in sadder news, so you know I've been all about free Britney, and I'm just so upset right now because a judge has shot down Britney Spears' request to have her father move from her conservativeship. Well, at least for now, apparently. Um, you know, there's some new court documents that came out on Wednesday, um, which was June 30th, which was the crazy day, right? That the judge denied this like long time request for Spears. But apparently, you know, last week, as you all know, she came out with that 24-minute statement, which is now on YouTube, okay, talking about she wants to remove her father, Jamie Spears, as her sole conservator. Britney has really... I mean, I heard that I listened to the whole tweet for a minute, um, you know, testimony or a statement that she gave to the judge. And in spite of that, the judge has not suspended the conservatorship request. I mean, they just have not done it. Um, it's just another legal setback. And it's been going on for years. I mean, she tried to do it in November of 2020, and it didn't happen. And it's just, like, come on. Like, oh, my God. So, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. And, um, yeah, Britney says she wants her life back, man. Free Britney. Free Britney. We said free Britney, and they're they going to free Kill Cosby, but we're gonna talk about Mr. Cosby in a minute because there's so much, so much I have to say about that. Before I get into that, I got a piece that's coming out that just came out actually, um, that's just dropping about Helen Gill and Kenyatta Johnson. Now, this is a follow up from some stuff that was going on the past couple of days. I know last week we talked about Helen Gill and about, in my opinion, that political stunt that she pulled in Harrisburg. And I decided to write about it because I've been seeing this trend and, and I'm just tired of politicians in general, but even if in like local politics like Philadelphia, I'm so tired of this culture around politicians that are, are pretty much grandstanding all the time. But where is the legislation? And, and let me be clear about this. It's not that elected officials are not doing things, right? Kenyatta can get a resolution. Kenyatta Johnson, who is now in his third term as city council person, was a previously a state rep. Um, he's currently indicted right now with his wife, uh, federally indicted on some criminal charges um, related to allegations and speculations around quid pro quo, around properties and finances and whatnot. It's, it's extensive. The trial has consistently been postponed as of right now. 
you know, there's been no convictions, there's been no trial, but, you know, hopefully soon it will because the pandemic kind of, you know, distracted some of that. Nonetheless, talking specifically about their advocacy around gun violence, they've been pushing peace, not guns for a long time. And the rally is, you know, it's, it's passionate, right? There's people from the community that come out, you know, there's some great conversations. But when we talk about this, this is the best that that elected official can do. This is the best that a man who is who is now past uh, ooh, ten years serving as city council, ten years. He's been there for ten years now, decade. This is the best that he could do. Like this is what he consistently do when you have sway, you you have connections. You got the bully pulpit in many parts of Philadelphia, and that's the best you can do. So I just think that's the, the frustrating part is that that isn't the best that he can do. And when I think about Helen Gim, right, Helen Gim is a council member at large. OK, uh, Kenyatta is a district. So he's in South Philly. He's the state rep uh, over there in South Philly, uh, Point Breeze, all of that. I mean, state rep, uh, city council person member. He was previously uh, a state rep there, but now he is a city council member, a district city council member or a councilmatic district person, whatever. Gim is an at-large council member. So her vantage point is very citywide. She can take on citywide causes, which is what she do around public education, all of that stuff. She, she has been framed as the public school advocate because she's done activism. And I say activism in italics, but you know, it's, it's activism. Activism, listen, activism is a loose word nowadays. You know, what I think activism is, what people think activism Listen, I just, I, I'll just say activism because, you know, I'm from a different type of culture and a school. My framework around activism and movement work and organize, it's a very different concept, okay? But I'm also out here with the heavy hitters, okay, who do the real, the real shit. People like to dibble and dabble with that. Listen, it's, it's a real, it's a different culture. Okay, I didn't been to many direct actions. I didn't been to many of the 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 call ins and the call. I've been I've been I too have been at the front lines and I've seen seen the work and seen real progress and I've seen real activists and organized Philadelphia that organize and get shit done, okay? There's a lot of these lily white folks and groups and stuff out here doing some of this stuff, okay? And they just, they don't have no discipline. They have no focus. They have no cultural competency. They have no fucking sensitivity. They don't have any, um, they can't read the room. They, they, they don't have any uh, tact. They don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. They just yell and that ain't black people I'm talking about, but there's a lot of other folks that don't understand how to really do this. And so a lot of it is just angry. It comes out of a place of anger, but there's no actual, okay, be angry, but be angry with a direction. Be angry with a, a target. Be angry with the list of demands, but also understand strategy. And there's a lot of people lacking strategy. It's just a lot of, they think that because media comes, that's it. And people like me, journalists like me, come. And I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? I mean, I don't say that, but that's on my head. Be like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm here covering it, taking pictures. And, and y'all, no, no coordination. The chants are off. There's no harmony in the chants. Nobody is saying, you know, on beat. Okay, I'm being petty right now, but I'm making a point. What I'm saying is that you can just tell when there's folks that have their shit together and folks that don't. 
Now, a lot of elected officials have gotten educated on the flow. Some of them have already done this before they were serving in office. Kenyatta was already doing um, gatherings and, and, and rallies and things. Like I, I won't take that from them. But all I'm saying is that when you become an elected official, your role in the conversation in the, Democrat, the democratic process changes. Everybody has a role. You know, in my piece, I open up with, you know, know your role, play your part. I grew up here in the South. That's what my grandmother used to say. That's what folks around me used to say. They say, you know, play your position. And that's another one. But know your role and play your part. Okay. I've always learned that. When you're younger, they say, mind yours. <laughs> that's what you will learn. Mind yours. And you do what that meant. Mind your matters. Mind your business. You know, mind yours. And I just don't think that a lot of elected officials have, they've lost that. Because growing up and understanding my role as a journalist, right, the free press, because in this First Amendment, right, this, this, uh, this assembly, right, you got the free press, the assembly, the protest, right, you got voting, you, you got the elected officials, right. In my head, the strategy had always been, right, the flow at least, was that community, the people would speak. They would speak by sometimes voting. They would vote, right? Elect people, right? Their vote, their voices heard the polls, would elect people. And then whether or not they did or not, right, they could take to the streets, right? Protests, revolution, whatever it was, speaking truth to power, right? And by their side were journalists because the journalists came to cover it, to make sure the information was there. We would amplify the people's voices because we serve the people because what we do is a public service. So we would transcribe and, and, and document and archive the information and then we would spread and disseminate it to the public for those people who could not be there, right? And then legislators who, who asses should not be in the protest, their asses should be, you know, in the chambers, come up the legislation, they would read those memos, they would read those articles, they would read the, the message. And then from that, public discourse would take place, town halls and conversations, and then legislation would be inspired by the people's work, and that was democracy. Boom. Okay? That's what we did. That's, that's how I learned it. That's the operation. That's the flow. Okay? There might be some other, you know, imp implemental steps and changes, but that essentially is how the flow goes. Everybody had a role. Okay? Legislators legislate. You know, um, journalists uh, report, right? Get the facts, analyze, provide perspective. You know, that's what we do. Organizers and, and activists in the community, they would galvanize the people. They would get the people's demands. They would put their bodies online. The people who couldn't do that for whatever reasons, they would go out and they would find other measures to sustain, to survive, to live. Right. To have the experience to vote to whatever they want to do. Petition. Everybody has a role to fucking play in the democracy. That's the plan. We live in a republic. We don't live in a democracy. But essentially, that's the plan. Right. And that's how I look at it. So the issue for me has been is that I have seen so many elected officials stop doing what elected officials are supposed to do. You're supposed to legislate. But now I see them on TikTok, I see them on Instagram and, you know, whatever. And that's fine. Connect to the, the voters, meet them where they at, so they say, right? Pander away. I guess that's what they do, right? But, they, but they're doing less of the focus on the legislation and more trying to be in the streets. Get the fuck off the streets. We're protesting your ass. 
We out here protesting City Hall, we're covering City Hall, and they out here with us like they don't know what the fuck we out. I, I remember one time it was a group of people walking to the marching to City Hall, and I'm looking like, why are you marching with the people to City? Your ass has got an office in City Hall. Our taxpayers' dollars pay for your salary and pay for your staff salary. You need to be having your ass up in there trying to get this done. And that's the, the frustrating part because they'll come down and they'll talk the talk and act like they one of the people. Stop it. Okay? You're not a private citizen. You're a public official. You're an elected official. You're, you're different. You're different. Okay? And are you human? Yes. Do you make mistakes? Yes. We all do. By all means, I'm asking for people to be self-righteous. I'm just saying that we all got a role. And I think people lose sight of what their role is when they get into these positions. Either they are scared to legislate which I think sometimes is the case. They're scared to, to, to actually do the work, right? Because they don't want the controversy. But then there's an aspect where they do like the vanity of it all, right? Because legislation is not sexy. You know somebody who people call boring? And he's boring, but in a funny way. Is Derek Green? Derek Green don't be out here at these protests like that. Derek Green go to a couple of things. He'll put on his Easter suit, Sunday suit, and go out somewhere a couple of times. But Derek be up in there legislating. Okay, Derek Green being a legislator. And then, you know, listen, he, you know, people criticize him for where his stances are on some things. That ain't the point. The man legislates. The man is always trying to, he's trying to get this bank done. He got initiatives. He's focused on legislation. He ain't got time to be going to protests and shit. He just don't have time. And he's an at-large member, right? I think for me, there was an era, and I've noticed this, that since Trump, there's been this resistance push of these activist turned politician types. And listen, Power to the people. But when you become an elected official, you know what I'm saying? I just think, come on. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I just think we got to do a lot better. We got to do a lot better than what we've been doing, right? These elected officials that, 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 have, that, have, that have taken in the activist movement, we got to a point, I think, in 2017 where we wanted to see where our politicians stood. 2016, but really 2017 with the resist movement, we wanted to see our politicians take action. And a lot of people looked at that and thought that meant go to the streets with us. And for a moment, that felt good because there was this idea of resisting Trump. But like, OK, it's been some years now. Trump is out. OK, Democrats, get your ass back in the, in, in the office and get some shit done. Like, for real, for real. People are dying, okay? I'm not saying this for my health. Like, like the, the, the wages of not doing something is death at this point. I mean, clearly. We have a gun violence case epidemic that is, that is, that's not changing. We have schools. We have all of these major issues. And the way that these city council members treat it, they talk so much rhetoric and shit. But when it comes to fighting for our constituents, you know, when it comes to fighting for the issues that involves the people, they, 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 they placate. So a good example of that is this budget, right? The city just pretty much passed this budget. That is trash. It's, it's, it's just really mediocre. It's, it's not a big damn budget. It's disappointing, right? So let me tell you why I'm bringing up Gim and, and, and Kenyatta Johnson. So Kenyatta Johnson called for this $100 million in new spending on gun violence prevention, Okay. Gim supported that. Jamie Gautier supported it. Kendra Brooks supported it. All these city council people. They got a 13-member majority, which is veto-proof in council. Okay? Council got like shoot, 17, 19 members, whatever. They got veto-proof. 
13 people were supporting this, okay? Ready to make it happen. But, you know, they didn't push Kenny hard, okay? They didn't push Mayor Jim Kenny hard on this budget. And they only got $68 million or more in funding. $68 million. But hold up. Okay? $68 million more funding. But it's, it's most of the money is a repackaging of initiatives that was already funded in Kenny's initial budget. So it's not really new funding, right? Kenny already had budget allocated for this money to go. And most of this $68 million is going to those repackaged, right? So the gag is, is that in the end, all they really got was $25.6 million in new funding, which is nearly 75%, that means nearly $75 million less than the goal that they was pushing at these, these press conferences. Oh, y'all didn't know that? Okay, you know today. Facts. Facts. Look it up. Google it. But I'm, I'm spitting facts right now. And they don't want to hear that because they're in their feelings. But basically, that big old $100 million they proposed, they actually really got $25.6 million. That's what they got in new spending. Everything else is either repackaged or reduced. $68 million total. Okay, so they already came in losing. But then out of the $68 million, only $25.6 million out of the $68 million that went towards the gun violence prevention efforts, that's all they got. It's, it's sad. So they shot for $100 million and they only got $25.6 million. Womp, womp, womp. Now, during all this, given it was in Harrisburg, out here protesting a majority-controlled Senate that's Republican-controlled, you don't got no sway in the state house. Why you go out there? Oh, that's right, because the cameras was there and you could be able to take that footage and promote yourself because everybody knows pretty much at this point that many people speculate that she's going to run for mayor in 2023. And listen, I ain't shook. Listen, she got the most votes. She got 100,000 votes, okay, in the last city council race. No one can take that from her, okay? She got 100,000. So if, if I was in her shoes, I would be probably eyeing a higher position. But the question becomes... Are you going to rise to the occasion and do the work? Or are you going to spend more time distracting the work? And listen, I'm not saying Helen Gibb doesn't do work. I mean, somebody's got to do something. I mean, but if most of the conversation is your antics, if most of the conversation is is all about these, these big old sweeping grand gestures, and you're not using that energy to speak that truth to power that you claim, it's very interesting, right? It's interesting that she can call for Sheriff Joe Williams to resign, right? Which which he did, and he should have, because he had many cases that we've been accused of sexual harassment, right? And he had settlements that cost taxpayers dollars, and he should go. And I called for his resignation multiple times too. Like, let's be clear. Agreed. But then when it comes to these white men, okay, like Bobby Heenan, Jay Doc, oh, she's talking about trials, even though I got indictments. Indictments. And these indictments are serious. But she ain't got that energy though. But Maria Canova Sanchez do, because Maria Canova Sanchez asked for him to resign. Okay. There's a lot of inconsistency over there at City Hall. People cherry picking what they want to talk about. Supported this white man for, for, for majority leader. Y'all better watch out for Gim. Gim's politics is very northeast swinging, okay? The people that, that she needs to get her elected, that got her elected the first time she ran, that was Bob, Bobby Heenan and them. But see her, you know, everybody around to try to play all that, oh, it's the pe 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 you know, teachers and the activists. Yeah, 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 it's them too. But it's also those unions, okay? Those laborers, okay? Don't let her fool you. Don't let her fool you.
Okay. She talk all this shit about charter schools. But Coco, she started a charter school. Two of them, apparently. But she's, the, she's against charter schools. As she should. But she also started one. And no one talks about it. Or about her husband and the pharmaceuticals. Just putting it out there. Stay woke. Stay woke. That's all I gotta say. Stay woke. Mm, 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 mm. Moving along. Here we are. Little Nas X. Okay. What what can I say about my 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 younger cousin? My my just over the top ambitious cousin from another mother. You know, he's just he's just doing his thing, and I'm proud of him. Okay, because I've always wanted me a black gay, you know, hip hop artist that was going to just be gay gay. Like he wasn't going to give no fucks. I was like. I don't want to, fr- I'm going to throw some shade. Y'all going to take it. I didn't want to fucking Frank Ocean, okay? Frank Ocean could do him. But Frank Ocean, okay, came out with Channel Orange. I Listen, I'm not the craziest Frank Ocean fan. Can't on I'm not crazy about Frank Ocean. I don't know. I don't think he's horrible, but I don't get the hype. I don't. I guess, I don't know. Whatever. I, I, I like Swim Good. That song was cute. Thinking About You was cool, too. But I just can't get into it. I don't get it. It's not my, it's not my taste. And maybe I'm tasteless. I don't know. I just, I'm not crazy about the music. I just find it boring. I don't know. I don't I just don't get it. Maybe I'm just off the and that's fine. Listen. Every and listen, I like Billie Eilish and y'all don't get Billie. Some of y'all don't get some of y'all don't get Billie Eilish. Um it is what it is. But I don't he doesn't excite me. Frank Ocean don't excite me. But they don't say well he's just I mean when he came out, I mean it took him a while to finally evolve into how he wanted to. And listen everybody's coming out is different. But I like I wanted what little Nas X is giving is what I want. I want little I wanted Lil Nas X. I want that energy. And Frank Ocean was I guess a good warm up on appetizer before we got that black out gay no confusions no queen latifahs no no shade to queen latifah see i'm about to get mm. listen no confusion no no ambiguity i mean everybody got their own thing to do i'm just saying black queer people deserve to have black out people in mainstream music we deserve that we deserve it and and i always feel like every time Black queer people, black LGBTQI people are deprived of these very out people. You know, they come seldom, right? Like we got Billy Porter, MJ Rodriguez, okay? We, we got people, right? But it's just like, it, we're deprived of it. And every time someone like myself, who's been out, right? Who's out, out, I guess what they would say. When I say I want that, people say, you know, you're not, you know, you're not entitled. No, you're right. I'm not entitled to wanting from an individual. That's their prerogative. But I do have a fucking right to say I want to see that somewhere. And can we find that person, amplify that person? And we found it in Lil Nas X. Someone that was outspoken, openly queer, unapologetically sexual, and doing the motherfucking thing and slaying the charts, okay? He has two number one Billboard Hot 100s. He has Grammys. He has a great career, and he is doing it, okay? And, the, and and also clapping back at the haters. My God. Like, just the... And he's like 22, 23. He's young, and he's fighting. And as someone who's been in, my, in the media industry coming in swinging like that, it's not easy, but it has to be done because the impact it is going to have for the next generation and for even some of the people currently living and currently out here now it makes a difference. It makes people feel it. I can't tell you how many times I get letters from young people, like people in college, aspiring writers, young black gay writers that say, you know, you know, I never thought I could write like that. 
or, or, or do that and get published at, at places like New York Times or, or, or Washington Post or whatever. Like people say that to me. Like they say, you know, you get to be yourself. You get to say this. You know, I want to be like that. And, and they can because it's people like myself, writers like myself, writers like Darnell Moore, writers, freelancers like people like Abdul Ali Muhammad, other people who are that are freelancers, that are writing, that are being creative, that are that are getting a voice. Travell Anderson, who's been doing it for years like me, you know, my, my sibling on the, on the far end. Of, of the West Coast, even though we're over here in the best coast, we, we've been doing this writing. We've been doing this writing, telling these stories. Robert Jones Jr. We've been writing, and 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 and, and teaching other Black queer writers that they could do it like this too. And so, I, when I see what Lil Nas X is doing, it's a part of a, a group of artists who's been out there. But he's able to say, listen, I'm going to take some of this heat so that the next seat is not going to be that much. Because he's going to he's pushing boundaries that when we get to that next point, no one's saying, oh, are we ready? Are they ready for two minute kiss on stage? We found out the BT Awards this year, which I must say, BT Awards this year was just weird. It was just weird. I don't know. Award shows in general has been weird. I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I know I'm sound a little old, but whatever. I don't care. I miss the old award shows. I miss when people actually had talent. I miss when people actually used to sing the songs. I mean, if they did sing the songs, they had choreo for their lip sync. Okay? We know Britney wasn't singing them songs live. But listen, Britney Spears came out with, 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 with boa constrictors, honey. Full costumes. She gave a show. These artists out here, they don't dance and they don't sing live. What the fuck? And they don't do choreo. What the fuck are you doing on stage? What was that, the baby, who's trash already? But like these performances, I'm like, so you're not singing live and you're not dancing. You're not dancing. You're not doing anything. No what, costume changes. I mean, I miss the days when Gaga did applause and she changed to multiple costumes and she was singing live and she switched her outfits. We're not even going to talk about Beyonce's award show performances back in the day. Like these were the performances. Hell, even Nikki used to give a good performance live, you know? But they don't, they don't, you know, it's it's not the same anymore. And then they don't do songs anymore. What happened to like like a two song interlude with a full fledged performance? And you would hear the you would hear the single, the hot single now, and then it would transition to the new song to get you to get the new song excited. They don't do that anymore. They just play the one hit song, and it'd be like two minutes, and they're off the stage. And they still came and deliver us energy. Like like you got two minutes or three minutes or whatever, and you don't even give us. Like all of the spectacle. Now that was a couple of good performances at the BET Awards. You know, um, her, who I'm just always going to stand for. I stand for her. Okay, I get the her hype. I understand it now. And her new album is fabulous. And I enjoy Jasmine Sullivan and her hotels and all of that. Um, but some of these other performances, like I can't even remember what happened with City Girls. I, I can't remember what, what happened with Big Daddy, Big, Big Dollar Yo, whatever the hell his name, Moneybag Yo. I be trying to ask my brother <laughs> who's coming to tip. I always be like, "Hey, who's who's this? Who who's that?" And I and I know I keep up a little bit. But first of all, who is Lil Baby? Because everybody just loves Lil Baby, and that's not to be confused with the Baby. But everybody think Lil Baby's a big thing. I'm just like, he's a little boring, a little dry. But I, I mean, I don't think he's bad. I think his rap is okay. Seems like he's very passionate his rapping. I I could tell he writes his raps. But it's just interesting the energy. But you know. And Meg Thee Stallion's fun always. I, I, I you know, I, I will say that there's some artists, I'll, I'll say this, that I like 
them to exist in the industry, but their content I'm not like crazy about. But I think they deserve to be in the industry. They 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 deserve to 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 give it to their fans. I may not be one of the craziest fans. I'm not a fan for the content, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the character. How about that? So, but moving along. Oh, also Cardi B's belly bump, which you know I'm, I'm you know Carly, Cardi and I have have had lots of Twitter love. I am happy for Cardi. I hope she has a healthy pregnancy. I was shocked, you know, as a fan. You know, sometimes it's hard, okay, because your fave, you be ready for a tour, you be ready for the music videos, and then when your fave gets pregnant, you're just like, well, damn, you just had a baby. I was ready to hit the road, but you know, life happens, and Cardi's in her 20s, and I think she wants to get all her babies out now, and, and, and whatever, but that offset, man, offset, you better not cheat on her. You better not cheat on her, okay? From one Barty fan to the next, you better not cheat on okay? You done had your fun under the sun, she got another baby in the bun, okay? She got another bun in the oven, do right. Get it together, okay? Or there's gonna be some straining going on. Ugh, that song and their perform. Why are they performing like three blind mice? I always think of three blind mice with them glasses in them. Like they just that they, they they're. Mm. She was the best thing in that performance. I I really considered it a Cardi. They did the song type shit, which is it 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 it, 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 it sticks. It sticks like Ritz. It's it's a little banger, but Cardi's the best thing that happened to the song. Um. But anyway, she performed her her her, uh, her you know baby bump reveal. But the best performance of the night, and the performance everybody was talking about, Lil Nas X's performance, which was like a remember the time Michael Jackson Egyptian. Okay, so he was there to piss the whole tips off. He was there to get everybody angry. Okay, because you know the the whole tip love to say we was kings and queens. Well, he was giving you an Egyptian prince that was full out mascara, body out choreo. Whole set. I mean, they gave him a full stage. He had the best stage that night. Next, to, well, Migos had a dramatic stage, but he had the most cohesive stage. I said, "Oh, they went full budget out for him, but they better because he was performing a song that would debut at number one of Billboard charts, and not anyone else in there could claim that. Even Bruno cannot claim. Okay, he had a Billboard Hot 100 debut at number one and stayed on there more weeks than everybody else's faves. Okay, because they tried to bring up that little fucking. Sonic, Silk, Sonic crap, which they won best group, which we all know Chloe and Haley deserve that award. But you know what? BET always trying to do the most to try to get some buzz. This little Anderson Pack thing with Bruno Mars, child, we all know that this is just a fronter to try to get Bruno Mars back into the conversation so he can try to push a solo album and shove his little retro 70 hits that, that still stick like Brits, but still retro as fuck and tired on us again. Like Bruno Mars and stay stuck in the 70s, and he will not leave. That that curly fro. I miss, listen, I miss old Bruno. We had some versatility. Now he just always trying to sound like the 70s, and it's tired. And the thing about it is the music is innocuous, right? Because it's not horrible music. Like, close the door, leave the door open, whatever the fuck the song is called. It's not a bad song, right? It's a cute little bop. Mr. Johnson thinks it's cute. Okay, he likes it. And I'm just like, but fuck it. Like, this is what it, but he, we agree that the song is, is, it's just all of that, right? But Bruno been on this tip with that Uptown Funk, and he's never let go of it. That 24 karat magic, all of that, it's all the same. Look, can you please? And I'm not even going to entertain the conversation whether or not he's black. He's of color, but to my knowledge, he's not black. Or he might have, you know, he's what they call multicultural. We got a lot of things going on. But he loves black culture for sure. And, uh, you know, he's got some Grammys, so I can't take that from him. Talent, he does have talent. He's just a little redundant for me. 
But Lil Nas X's performance was far from that, okay? He gave you everything. Grinding on the floor, call me by your name, Montero was doing it. And of course, he saved the best for last. At the end, he kisses one of his dancers, okay? And like, kiss, kiss. He wanted you to know. It, was, it wasn't a little kiss on the lip. It was a whole full-fledged thought. It was giving me, I haven't seen the same sex kiss like that since, I don't know, Adam Lambert in 2009 at AMAs, or before then, Britney Spears and Madonna, and then Madonna and Christina, but we never talk about the latter. We only talk about the former, right? Because like Christina, in all of Britney's things, she's always been, you know. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. But as you can expect, the Hoteps came in full circle. I'm just going to call them Hoteps United. I feel like it's, a, it's an agency group of disgruntled, cishet black men and the Pygmies. Because let's be clear, the Pygmies, a.k.a. Uh, these black women who have internalized misogynoir hatred and sexism, these women who are obsessed with trying to get the approval of, of men, of, of men, desire pygmies, the ones who will, will throw their body online to protect and save black men, but let black men shit on them and disrespect them, but think that they're special because the other girl should have, you know, not wore that dress or, or not wore that bonnet, and they think that their respective belief bodies will save them for their kings, which will never come. That's a pygmy. So, Hoteps and pygmies were united, okay, and trying to be, of course, homophobic, and really was just doing the whole, oh my goodness, BT got this on, my kids watching. So your kids saw these rappers say bitches and hoes, all these strippers, all these this twerking, all of this other hypersexualized things, and this same gender kiss was the thing that got you shook. You got people out here talking about gun violence, shooting shit up, bang, bang, you know, drug references, but you worried about these two, these two guys kissing for less than 10 seconds, because I timed the shit. I think it was like, I think it was 4.5 seconds actually kiss. But you know what? Again, they don't care about that because they were focused on just basically saying they don't like shit that's gay. They don't like gay people. That's it. It's not a logic to it. They try to say it's their kids. Yes, they're scared that if their kids see it, their kids will be gay because they think that there's a magical curse and a spell that will make a kid do something. And I don't know. Why would they think that? Because, oh, that's right. You know, cis heterosexualism, you know, straight people. Like, being straight was almost, like, forced on all of us, essentially. I mean, again, people have their own desires, but, like, we live in a society where people force people to be straight. And I don't think people realize that, but you're, you're being forced to be straight. Like, there are laws that literally tell you that if you're gay or something like that, you could lose your house, you can lose your rights, right? So then that means, oh, shit. If I can lose my rights by being gay, I need to lie or suggest or hide that I'm gay so that I can be able to get my rights, which means I got to let people think that I'm straight by default. Like, people are forcing heterosexualism on people. You know how they say, don't shove it down my throat? Y'all are shoving straight shit down my throat. No pun intended. Okay? Y'all are shoving heterosexualism. Uh, yeah, heterosexism in my face. Like, literally... I have gone places and people are, are, are like literally telling people, don't do that gay shit. Walk up straight. Look at girls. You're bullying boys. You, you say, you know, you know, look at that girl. You gay. And like, it's almost like you're forcing people and bullying people to basically be trash, to be toxic, to be a fucking problem. Like y'all out here literally pushing that down people's throats. Since we talking about throats and shit. Since, since we woke up one day and cared about throats. Let's just keep them 100, okay? So it's hard for me to, to take it's these people seriously because the whole fake wokeness the whole you know 
you know, all of that shit that people be shoving down, like I said, it's it's like that. It's a consequence. You know, if you don't, if you're not, you know, advocating for, for, for people a certain kind of way, if you, you know, it, it's interesting. Like, I remember growing up and being in, you know, middle school and, and high school and seeing teachers and people say things like, oh, real, real men hold their hands like this or don't do that or move their hands this way. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, people are forcing people. To, to, to emulate a certain type of masculinity, what they think is straight and scaring people. Like there's people that tell people if they find out their son is gay, they're going to beat the gay out of them. Like you're literally forcing the straight into them. Like y'all are forcing it. So there are people out here who, who, who probably is bisexual, curious, queer, questioning all of the things, but, but will never be able to, to, be themselves or explore or whatever because they literally live in an environment that they're literally being scared to death into being straight. Exactly. So you'd be talking about, is it a choice? Child, your, your, your straightness is a choice. Is it? Did you choose to be gay? I'd be like, did you choose to be straight? That's the real question because there's people out here choosing to be straight because they're scared of what, what will happen to them if they actually live their lives. We got to reverse this shit because people be out here talking about the gay agenda. Let's talk about the straight agenda because there's really a straight agenda. Okay, we see the legislators, okay, the Republicans, they have a straight agenda. Like their goal is to get some straightening, okay? And they, they try to straighten everything. They don't want anything LGBTQ. Their agenda is to take, they, to force everybody to be straight, okay? So don't come to me about no gay agenda. The gay agenda is basically live, work, Fucking pose. That's it. We're just trying to live. We're trying to work. And we're trying to pose. That's that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to fucking live and survive and be ourselves. We really don't give a fuck about y'all like that. We, we just want to we just want to do us. Really, we do. Okay? Lil Nas X ain't trying to bother now. Now, if Lil Nas X would have been, quote, unquote, on the DM, right? What, what would y'all would have said? Right? There's a lot of artists that had to pretend they were straight or, 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 or not feel like they could come fully out because y'all threatened to cancel them, or they thought that their career would not take off. We saw what happened to Tevin Campbell. Don't fucking play with us. Okay? Y'all sat there and did not let Luther Vandross beat Luther Vandross. Okay? We we seen what y'all have done. Okay? And pray for little Richard. Because Lord knows he done been up and down all around. And Donnie McClurkin, child. Pray for Donnie. Okay? Y'all have made it so hard for these people to live with themselves and to feel like who they are as they are is okay. You gotta be a fucking shame of yourself. And don't sit over here and be telling, you know, gay people and LGBTQI people and stuff, you know, are we doing too much? We need to tone it down. No, y'all need to tone that straight shit down. You know how annoying it is when I go to the barbershop and I see dudes act like they can't fucking stay still when a woman walks down the street? Can you calm the fuck down? Damn. She don't even want you. Can y'all calm rape culture down? Can y'all can y'all calm cat walking down? Can y'all tone that shit the fuck down? And then y'all would have fixed y'all mouth anytime a gay person crosses quote unquote the line, right? Y'all talking about Jason Lee, okay, who is a jerk, right? Jason Lee is trash. I'm not defending Jason Lee, let's be clear. But y'all talk about Jason Lee on Instagram or whatever, where he was talking to uh to Safari and he was being very inappropriate, right? Everybody was like, oh my goodness, isn't that ridiculous? And if Safari would have said something, hit him, it would have been a hate crime. Well, you know, guess what? Guess the fuck what? Okay. The issue is, is that that is an anomaly, okay? There's not an army of gay men that's out here just sexually harassing straight men at the same rate that you all fuck over women. Please. 
And if that was the case, we would definitely see and hear more about it. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. They would always talk about the anomaly. For every Jason Lee, there is dozens of Ernest Owenses that do not want you. That does not want a straight man. Don't have no interest in you. Doing me, honey. It's us. Okay, you want to talk to gays, the gays. Listen, honey, the DMs. Okay, the, get into my DMs. I'm spoken for. And, and straight men, quote unquote, being my DMs. Okay, trying to ask me questions. Trying to get real spicy. Okay. Y'all better stop with your little girlfriends. You, you better stop. Okay, being fresh, real fresh and mannish. And I be laughing. Okay, I be calling my best to be like, we be, ooh, let me not. We be laughing, okay? I be like, you, can you? Listen, r- real friends know y'all be doing the most. And, and, and I think that, I think that's the thing. I think these straight guys, and I put italics on it, right? I think, oh, I'll be telling you they questioning. These questioning men, um, they, they like to talk to, to, to try to holler at or, or whisper at or be fresh with gay men who are out that are in situations, right? In re- relationships, okay? I'm not in a situation. In a relationship because they know that there is this, this, this touch and go, right? Like they, they know that we won't, you know, out them or out it because then that draws attention to our shit and we ain't trying to have that kind of attention. But at the same time, they know that we out, so they don't want to fuck up and do it to a homeboy that may or may not be. So, so, so they didn't process it. The, the, the desirable for them is taking out gay men that are attractive. That's their goal. They, they like that. That's their target, right? That, that's what they like. Because if they talk to a single gay guy, they're going to be, they, they're scared they're going to be outed, right? If they talk to somebody that is not out, right, they don't know if the person is or not, they roll the dice and that could be a risk. So they really have a thing for like taking out gay men that are mature, right? Because my one of my other friends have a situation like this and we just be talking and sharing notes like, how do we do it? How do we navigate this? Because these men, honey, they be in our DMs and it's not that we want, we don't even want that. They don't be looking good most of the time. But we just be sitting there looking like, you gonna risk it all, but then again, it's like, come on, you got a whole girlfriend. I listen. Even when I was single, I didn't play those type of. Well, let me back that up. When I got grown and mature, when I when I got to an age where I had self confidence in myself and I understood what the difference between trade is and a man, I was not in that life. Okay, I was not in that life. But I digress. I've always kind of wanted to do a special episode with Jamarcus. Like, we're just going to do a, a queer black hotels, and we're just going to tell hotels for like an hour. Um, if y'all want that episode, let me know. We've been talking about it. We've been giggling about it. And we've been like, yo, we should really do this episode. I'm thinking about doing an episode like that. I'm trying to figure out when I want to do it. But we should get, me, me and him have been talking about it. But I, I do want to do a hotels episode just about, you know, stories and, and things. Because we have jokes and things. We'll see. We'll see. But I digress. <laughs> Little Nas X's performance had all the hoteps in their feelings. And one of the things that's interesting about the whole situation is that there was one gay guy who posted something on like video or Instagram or whatnot. I think the video got removed, but it was basically a personality, social media personality. I'm not even going to name his name because he doesn't deserve any more uh, press in that kind of way. But he was suggesting that Little Nas X should promote 
um, HIV, you know, information or advocacy in the gay community because it's such an issue in our community. If that's not the most internalized homophobic shit I've ever heard in a long time, like, you're asking because Lil Nas X kissed, had a consensual kiss with another man on stage. Now y'all asking him to, to be this advocate for HIV? Like, do y'all understand how real fucked up that is and how fucked up? And the fact that it came from a black gay man, it was just shows you some of, you know, I said, y'all gotta understand that just like there are Candace Owenses and folks that have internalized anti-blackness. There are people in the LGBTQ community that have internalized homophobia. Now, I know y'all know about it when you see these gay Republicans out here that be supporting Trump, but then be out here talking about how they, they out and proud, but they out here letting Trump with his corny ass talk about he from the community. Like, come the fuck on. Okay, come the fuck on. Like, like it's, that, it's the white supremacy for me wrapped up in rainbow you know, logic, illogicness, okay. illogicalness. I just, yeah, I was very disgusted. And so I did say something on Twitter that really, really viral that was just basically saying, like, you know, people asking him to do this, right, is being homophobic as fuck. And y'all not asking Nick Cannon this, all right? And we're going to get on Nick Cannon in a minute because Nick Cannon got a bunch of babies out here, about seven or close to that number, whatever, multiplying. He referring, he referencing Genesis and shit. We'll, we'll get to him in a minute. But like, y'all not telling him to take no condom, you know, talk, talk about he need to talk about being a father or child rearing or talking about condom usage. Like no one's asking this from all these straight, all these straight men, okay, that's out here talking about hitting it raw and as some of y'all describe him, raw doggy, which is so cool. Graphic. <laughs> what does it mean, a raw dog? What is, what is, just so graphic. I've, I've I've heard it before, but lately I've been hearing people say that. And I'm just like, okay, and, and you know, I guess you know, it's the, it's the straight way of saying barebacking. But I suppose it's so graphic. Well, this does have an explicit label on it. You know, all of the episodes are explicit content. But <laughs> just like, damn, raw dog. Um, so I just, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm just like, you don't ask these rappers to sit up here and talk about, you know, not to do drugs or overdo or be safe or, or underage. Don't do underage drinking. Like where are the fucking PSAs for everybody else? But y'all want to put this 22 year old in the hot seat. Fuck out of here. Like fuck out of here. That, 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 there's no other way to say it. I can't say it classy than that. So to see people like Tamar Braxton. Okay, and, and and Phaedra Parks. Okay, Miss Miss, I'm going to accuse people of sex dungeons and lie. Um, and spread rumors like that, which is disgusting. And Tamar, who's got all her own personal issues going on, but for whatever reason, still trying to be a bully. Like, come on, Tamar, you always talking about being bullied and being broken and crying and mental health, but then you be out here instigating shit against another girl. This is what y'all get for these reality show allies. Can y'all stop pushing and promoting these fucking problematic, homophobic, transphobic, fake-ass, tokenizing allies, quote-unquote. Stop it. These reality show girls don't give a fuck about us. They see us as accessories. They see us for clout. They don't give a fuck about our issues. They will throw us under the bus like the next one. Please stop fucking with them. Stop promoting them. Stop acting like they're our friends. Stop bringing them to our pride parades. Cut it the fuck out. And so... The interesting thing is that I also got viral again. I shared a tweet, a clip from a show causing everything in color, which was talking, it came out last year on Apple TV that reviewed 
LGBTQ appearances on television for many years over the past, like 50 years or whatever. And it's a groundbreaking show, and it talks about this, and it's a really great show. But they talked about Adam Lambert's 2009 appearance at the American Music Awards. And I remember I was 18 years old. Woo! 18. And I remember Adam Lambert. I was a I was a Lambert. Okay, I was a I was you know Lamb Lambert Glamber. I was all into that. I was a part of that whole fandom about Adam Lambert because Adam can sing. Okay, Adam Lambert got vocals. Okay, he can out sing Justin Timberlake. Just I don't know why y'all think Justin Timberlake can sing. Listen, Adam Lambert got that 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 range. Okay, live he be hey, I mean he woo. Vocals. And he's got good discipline. And he's a great rocker. Like, he's a really good soft rock, hard, you know, rock pop artist. Like, he's a really good pop rock artist at his core. He's been opening for Queen and doing all of that lately. But his career took, interesting, like, when he got off of the American Idol, broke out of the American Idol bubble, when he went to the American Music Awards in 2009, this was, like, late, like, December, November, he was dropping an album called For Your Entertainment. I remember that album. I bought that album. I still listen to it. It has aged, interestingly, but there are some songs like What Do You Want From Me that was Grammy-nominated. That was a big fucking deal. But Adam Lambert, that album, you know, For Your Entertainment, the song, I just remember where my head was at. Uh, I was still in high school. Yep, that was 2019. I was, I mean, 2009. I was still in high school. And um, it was my senior year. And I was out in high school, but I was out to my family then. But I remember watching that performance. It was like the last performance of the AMAs. Like they closed out because it was supposed to be his big debut. Because he came in runner up to American Eagle. And we all know they cheated. There's no way that he lost to the boring ass boy. He was the winner. He was a real American Idol. But I think that because they knew he was gay, that they, I think there was like hints that he was gay. I think they knew they didn't want the American Idol to be gay. The same way they made all that controversy back in the day, like nearly 20 years ago, when Fantasia, when Fantasia Barino won American Idol. And it was all this controversy about her having a kid out of wedlock and not being married. And like, you forget, like, it wasn't that long ago when shit, like, that now... People just be having babies. No one's really giving that kind of smoke like that. Like, your favorite artist be out here having just babies. I mean, Nick Cannon out here just having babies. But, like, it, no one, it was a different era where they were like, well, is this a good representative? Like, people cared about it that much. I mean, people still try to act like that, but we don't see it. Like, art, like there's a lot of artists like Britney and them who push the envelope so that these new artists can come out. And, and not have to deal with that pressure of being this fucking role model. And I think the one artist that really was able to evolve past that was Rihanna or Rihanna. The fans know it's Rihanna. Rihanna was able to get past that boundary um, very early because they tried to push that on Rihanna very early. It was like, oh, well, what about being a role model? And she just kept saying, look, I'm not a role model. I'm not a role model. And, you know, folks felt mixed ways. But Rihanna was focused on just being her and doing her. And so she never really had that pressure the same way that I think Beyonce did in Desi's Child because they were out many years ago. And there was always this thing about little girls and this, that, and that. And it's just like, yeah. Uh, and that was all that media back then. I remember about eating disorders and teens and body image and all that. So it was a lot of pressure on making celebrities be the role models because I guess people's parents didn't exist or their parents were too busy at work to watch their kids. I don't know what happened, but people just never put the accountability on parents to raise their own kids. Like the same with Lil Nas X. Okay. First of all, I don't even buying Lil Nas X people being concerned about their kids because here's the thing about Lil Nas X. Y'all saw the fucking video calling by, by, by your name. Okay. You knew what he was giving. Now, 
my whole thing is once you saw that video, the moment Lil Nas X came on, you could have turned it off because you're like in your head, you know what? If you're not for that, you're not for that imagery, whatever, you should have just turned the channel. I remember when I was little, I forget who it was, but my mother knew that every time a certain song came on, she would turn. I don't know if it was back that ass up. I can't remember what it was I was growing up, but there was like, I think it was back that ass up, but like when them videos got a little too, when, them, when, them, when the stuff got a little too, she didn't even waste her time. She just was like, turn, turn it, skip it, skip the channel. Growing up with my grandmother um, in the summertime, we used to go down to Marion, Arkansas back in the day, the olden days. And, you know, I grew up Pentecostal, as you all know. And grandma didn't play that. There was only a couple of stations she would have on. The station for her, her stories, right? Which was her guilty pleasure. And she would have a Lifetime. Lifetime is every old lady's favorite delight. And I don't say that with shade, okay? My grandmother loved her some Lifetime. I can't tell you how many dramatic affairs and stories. I learned, listen, Lifetime was, was listen, I don't, I need to watch some Lifetime. I don't know what Lifetime be doing. I mean, Lifetime be too busy making biopics now. But I remember the olden days when Lifetime used to have, like, every year they had a calendar. They had a monthly Lifetime original movie would come on every month. And I would feel like they had about the same type of stories. It would be like, the story of the kid that was disrespectful. It was always a white kid, too, that would hit their mom and their parent and do drugs and beat their parents or fight their parents. And you'd be like, how the fuck they got away with that? It'll be that movie. Then it'll be the movie about the, the kid that, that, that the girl who got pregnant and, and, the, and the mom has to deal with the, with the shame and all that. Then they would try every year, but not all the time. They would experiment with the, 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 the kid coming out as a lesbian. To their parent or, or, or you never let gay men they never had boys come out as gay it was always girls being lesbian or something it would be like this big huge what to do with my child and grieving and coping and it was so dramatic and then it would always be the seductive affair like a situation where you know there was this woman who was in this marriage that was unhappy and then she had an affair with a younger person they always loved a good young affair right then they would also have the story of the older man that that took in this 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 promising woman and, to, and gave her all the pleasures and then they realized that something went wrong or he wasn't he was keeping a secret you know it was always one of those stories always and then they will always give you one of the based on the true story thrillers where it'll be some crazy kidnapping abduction type of story I just have watched a lot of Lifetime growing up to tell you I know the themes, I know the patterns. I used to love the films. Okay, so sidebar. I used to love the films with Stockard Channing. Okay, she used to be in a couple of them. But my favorite one was Susan Lucci, honey. Susan Lucci would do some of those films. But there was one Susan Lucci did where she liked the young boy and they lived in a mansion and she was very seductive. Susan Lucci could play those roles. Okay, I love Susan Lucci, by the way. I'm just a, I, I like her. Her appearances. I mean, she's she's an icon. And I was so happy that she finally had won an Emmy. And I watched that episode of my mom when Oprah, it was with my grandma, when it was daytime Emmys when she won finally. And I remember my grandmother got up like doing a praise dance. Like that's how excited people were when Susan Lucci won. Okay. All my children was the shit back then. Okay. They kept denying Susan Lucci like 19 times. Okay. And Oprah and everybody came out showing love. Okay. That was a moment. That was a turn of millennium. Okay. I've had a couple of Susan Lucci moments in my career where, you know, stuff I was surprised, but I just, anyway, she just, anyway. So I say all I have to say that you could be turning channels, okay? There's always been stuff. There's been BT Uncut, BT After Dark. 
all all of it. Do y'all remember BT Uncut with the with the video white girls, the guy pushing the girl's head down, a, a tip drill with Nelly, uh, pussy popping that Ludacris did at Magic City. That video. You want to talk about protecting your kids? I remember at two o'clock at night, my mother was like, "Y'all better not have BT on, cause y'all know we used to sneak, we used to be sneaky, we used to sneak it on and put it on mute, cause we just wanted to see the video, because that's what that's what kids did." So don't talk to me about Lil Nas X kissing somebody. Child, please, please, please. It's, 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 it's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. But back to Adam Lambert. In 2019, when he performed at the AMA, the American Music Awards, he um, gave you raunch. He did it. He had his own little segment. Look it up. He kissed the guy too. You know, grinded, pushed the dude down, head down like Felicia. I mean, he gave raunch. It was a popping performance, Okay. The, vi- the vocals were a little shaky a little bit at some parts because he was doing a lot of movement, but he killed it, okay? Well, right after he got off that stage, he felt it, okay? He felt the the judgment, and Ameri- uh, a Good Morning America took, a- took him off. He had to go on another segment, another show, and they asked him questions about Britney and Madonna's kiss, which they showed, but then they blurred out his on the screen. And I was like, y'all gonna blur out the gay kiss, but y'all kept, the- but- but y'all kept Britney and Madonna's kiss, though. See, it's the homophobia for me. So it, it's, it's been interesting, but his career, he said at the time, he was talking in his documentary, that his career did take a nosedive a little bit. Like he wasn't getting as many appearances and he wasn't getting that open door embrace because they thought that that was like society was ready, but it showed very early they were not. And um, now we're seeing years later, will that be the same for Lumas X? 12 years later, are we, are they going to, are we going to let society, are we going to, let's see what's going to happen. Like, does his career stop? Or does it keep going? I hope it keeps going. I hope he perform at the VMAs. He made a joke saying he might just fuck the next dude on the stage the way that people's acting about a kiss, which I doubt he'll do. But he's only going to get raunchier. I hope he do. I, I mean, I hope he, you know, in good taste. But you know, people feel in some type of way. So speaking about feeling some type of way, Nick Cannon, a lot of you all, well, not a lot of you all, some of you all was like, you got to understand Nick Cannon's reason why he's having kids. First of all, Nick Cannon's already had kids, okay? But they're like saying he has lupus, and so he's trying to, you know, procreate. Listen, listen. Save all of the excuses. Y'all got to understand something. Nick Cannon has become a hotel, okay? He is all into that Dr. Sebi, Okay. Dr. Sebi out here talking about, you know, late Dr. Sebi out here talking about drinking smoothie and stuff, gonna cure HIV and all this other faux health shit that y'all out here entertaining. Come on, my people. But but you know, Nipsey Hussle, everybody got all on Dr. Sebi, act like his conspiracy theories and his stuff. Y'all, y'all really be drinking the Kool-Aid with this stuff. I don't know. Listen, I just be like, look, I am a journalist that worked my ass off to get facts, to get information. And I mean, I would love to have, well, I don't think I would actually, but just, I just think about what it'd be like to have a cult following like these types of people where y'all just unapologetically support them and believe them no matter what, even though the shit they say could kill you. I just don't, I, I can only imagine. Must, must be nice. Must be cishet. Must be cishet. But I'm sitting up here and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about all, all of the stuff, all of the things, okay? And they're saying that he's doing it because he doesn't know when his life may end and he wants to have... Well, first of all, see, I was going to go there, but I'm not. Pardon me. I'm not going to go there. I just say, look at the mothers of his children and you'll see a pattern for somebody that is 
talking about being pro-black. I'm just saying, look at the people that he's impregnating when he's making this argument about blackness. I'm just, I'm just saying, just it's interesting because the the stuff he say and the things he do and the messages he try to suggest, they don't be adding up. What do I know? Mind my business for now. <laughs> but Nick Cannon having all these kids, look, if that's what he wants to do, just take care of your kids. I just think the issue is, is that my larger point is, is that there's a lot of people out here who make all these claims, got all this wokeness, got all this, this to say about watching kids and this, that, and the third. But that, but Nick Cannon wasn't getting that kind of condemnation, right? People made jokes. Somebody said, which I still laugh at, that Nick Cannon has more kids than he had hits. But, you know, his music career wasn't what he took seriously. But I would argue he got more kids than hit movies as well. Shit. I mean, I mean, what's that show he's got? I, you know, some of the shows he's got now, you know, that, that you know, that everybody thought he was going to get canceled. And then he got back on the show. Um, Wild and out, you know, he, you know, I, I I just feel like, you know, he's too old. I just don't know. Nick Cannon is in his 40s now, I suppose, or close to it. He's too old to be trying to do prank shows. I don't know. Grow up. Like, do we do we ever want to grow up as, I mean, I don't know. Get what pays you. But I just, I don't know. I feel like as an, as somebody, like, even I look at some of my stuff, like, I want to evolve. I, I, I've evolved um, in, some of my, in some of the things I do. And I think you should keep doing that, to be honest. But speaking of people who are not evolving and haven't been changing, Bill motherfucking Cosby. So let me just say this because uh, you know I, I I I know I know I know. He's America's favorite dad. So his his case got overturned. Okay, he was convicted of rape. Okay, the case got overturned. Okay. All right. They overturned it. Okay. And the thing about it is they overturned it not because they found new evidence that proved his innocence. It's not exoneration, people. Let's get it right. They overturned it because many years ago, prior before the trial, he had struck a deal following a very damaging deposition where in his deposition, he admitted to drugging women and having sex with them, which is rape. Because if a person is drugged, they cannot give consent. Okay, quaaludes, whatever, Spanish fly, all of this, you, you, can't, you can't give consent if you're drunk. You can't give consent if you're high. And if you got to do that to get a person to fuck you, what does that say about you, predator? Like the fact that you have to get someone drunk, you know, to, 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 to like drug them in order to get the sex. I mean, come on. And so, that didn't matter because the deal he struck with this DA, who, let's be clear, this DA is not in Philadelphia. It's not the Philadelphia District Attorney. It was a, a DA, another county in Pennsylvania, who later became one of Trump's attorneys. Yes, this controversial motherfucker who lost his seat because of those affiliations and problematic affiliations with this trial. But he struck a deal that was not written. It was a verbal deal. That granted um, Cosby immunity for his um, contribution to this deposition, to this information. So this was never supposed to come back out. This was never supposed to be used in the trial, but it was. And 
basically the courts, the, the courts, Pennsylvania courts decided that that deal that he made with that DA should have protected him. Like, it was a technicality, y'all, is what I'm trying to say. Wasn't a, oh my goodness, we realized you're innocent. Or we found out Andrew Constant and all these, all these women were lying. It was none of that. It was none of that. It was a situation where basically a verbal promise he was given meant that he could not be convicted. And so that is why the case was reversed. So that's why he's a free man in his 80s, like 83 years old. Okay? This old motherfucker out here looking like a buzzer. Okay? Um, but, you know, people don't read and people don't care to read. I'm, I'm convinced that, the, that, that there are people who, like, are, are not, they're woefully ignorant. They, they want to not know the truth because the truth will make them have to look at themselves in the mirror and think differently. And cases like this are bigger than the source, right? They're bigger than the, the, the person that was standing in the trial. It is bigger. And I've realized that as I get older to, about nuance. Like, nuance is, is key. Unpacking what drives motivation. Is it that people don't really believe that he did it or do they not want to for other reasons? And because to me, it's, it's very clear. And I'm seeing some circular talking around this. And I've unpacked it several times, but I just want to be very clear. Okay. Let's just, just, just on, on, on principle. Okay. He's been released. He is. This, this creep is back out there and his fans are in love with him. And there are people now talking about the court system. Because all of a sudden, now people believe in the court system. Mind you, these are the same people that said last week when Derek Chauvin got sentenced to 22 years that that wasn't enough motherfucking time. Now all of a sudden, it, it, now all of a sudden, you know, we got to respect the process and, you know, the courts did this and there's a tech. Shut that shit up. Dude, shut that shit the fuck up. It's so funny how social media make everybody be the, be, be the hood. The hood to turn to experts. You know, everybody want to be, you know, experts on, on vaccines and, 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 and you know, uh, the Delta virus uh, the, uh, around COVID, the, the, the Delta variant. You know, they, they want to have experts about that. And, you know, everybody now legal experts. And, and mind you, they could have been legal experts to get their own selves out of trouble. But they but they somehow knew how to come to Cosby's defense. And so I, I've gotten to a point where I'm very convinced that the people that want to keep on arguing with everyday people, you know, um, the, the people that want to keep on playing th th these games, right? Let, let's talk about them. There's several individuals. I'm going to say it's only seven types of people that, that, that is defending Bill Cosby. And listen, I'm telling you this to love as somebody who's went through this struggle. Please, 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 please do not argue with these people. I know I was tempted, y'all. I got baited too. Don't argue with these people. They're not worth your motherfucking time. You better than that. Don't do it. Don't let them take away the truth. You know the truth. It don't fucking matter. None of y'all making money off this motherfucker. Listen, don't let them speak your truth. Just block that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Just block them. Don't even argue with them. Just cut. So the people I think that's really, in my opinion, defending Bill Cosby is person number one. Someone who is questioning some of their own possible sexual encounters or who have been previously accused of sexual assault themselves. I mean, a hit dog will holler. I got a feeling that some of these dudes, right, that's talking all this about the what ifs and this, they done probably did some similar shit. And I think in their mind, they're thinking about the times where they had a nightcap with a woman or, or, or with a man. And they, and they put some, you know, they, 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 they got them real, real drunk 
And they, and they was like, oh, shit, was that rape? And so now they're projecting, right? Because if Bill Cosby's wrong for the Quaaludes, were they wrong for the ecstasy? Or were they wrong for the nightcap or the liquor? The... So now they, 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 they see that, like, convicting, you know, Cosby is a, is a conviction on them. So now they're taking it personal. Now they are, you know, holding that, okay? That, that's one theory. I think there's some men out here who don't want to say that publicly, but that's what's going on. Two, I think it's also someone that's either a hotep or a pick-me who thinks that defending Cosby is helping black men in the community. There are some people who think that all they see is a black man and they think he's being scrutinized. And so they're going to project all of the cases. They're going to talk about Emmett Till. They're going to take it to the, 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 the 1940s, 50s, 60s. They're going to take it back to this. They're going to take it there. They're going to go all in circles to try to make this a, a, a social justice issue. It's fucking not. Bill Cosby is a multimillionaire who basically uses power, okay, to get a deal that n most innocent civilians can never get. So shut that shit the fuck down, please. Thank you. Um, then you got the people who are just a super Bill Cosby fan, right? They're super fans, right? They they're going to always see him as Dr. Huxtable. They're, they're never going to see him as anything but that. They're never going to see him in, in this bad light. They're going to always see him as America's favorite dad, and they just can't believe he did it because he's such a good man. They're, they're not going to ever, you know, take the fame away. The cult of celebrity is real. Then there's, some, there's someone who loves to play devil's advocate because they think it makes them sound intellectually sound. They, they, they do. There's some people that really think there's this fake intellectual shit that's going on on social media where there's some people that are like love to have conversations. Dialogue! I'm not having dialogue with you motherfuckers no more. I got too much shit to do. I've got a book to finish. I, I got a wedding to, 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 to get married to. And you can keep scratching your ass and nuts debating with yourself. Okay? I'm not doing it. I, I can't fucking do it. I don't have the time to. Okay? The, 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 what, what time is it? Money o'clock? I don't have the, the time to waste. Money, time is money and I don't got time wasting my money talking to your ass. There's just people that just be like, you know, I just like to talk and just, you know, have conversations. I'm like, what kind? You must be rich. You, you must be rich. You, you must be. Because I just don't understand. There's some people that just really like to find various ways to debate shit like rape. Like, these are the... You want to do devil's advocate on rape. You want to do devil's advocate on conversations about racism and homophobia. And you want to play a thousand different angles. You, you must be a cishet. You must be privileged. Only a privileged person could do that. You know, I hear that ding, right? Because that shit's real. So that, that shit's real. So then, okay, you got people out here who just don't give a fuck about women. They don't believe women. They don't care about victims. There's just people who are just going to always do this. They could be lying. They trying to set a brother up. They lying. That these women be doing this. Women be, they projecting. Thou side project too much. Okay. They, they, they got so much to say about the women. Okay. Let me just put this way. There's, there was tons of women. Dozens of women that accused Bill Cosby. Let's say you didn't believe all of them. You really believe that where there's smoke, there's no fire? You think all of these women, all, so, so, so to believe Bill Cosby is straight up innocent, you have to believe all of these women are lying. You have to believe that none of it's true. You have to believe that all of them were plotting to lie on him and take him down. And that there's nothing wrong with Bill Cosby and everything he did in these situations and these encounters with women was completely fine and consensual. You literally have to suspend, suspend yourself in disbelief, right? Because there's situations like when Biden was accused by that woman um, who accused him, right? 
and it was a story, right? It was a torn situation because it was his word versus her word. And not to say that no case is better than others, but it is it, as a journalist, I can see how public opinion might be divided, right? Because it was divided. People didn't believe her. People believed Biden. But that was because it was one case. Biden had not had a stack of multiple women all across accusing him of rape. That, that just wasn't the case. And so the fact that Bill Cosby had that and the fact that Bill Cosby had a sworn deposition where he admitted to doing these types of things, okay? Although he was trying to say that they consented, but you can't consent to consent. You get what I'm you, you can't consent to being drugged. Like it's just, well, first of all, a rapist, of course a rapist will claim that he drugged a woman, but she's gay to say, of course. Is he ever going to say, yeah, I just raped her? No one's going to say that. But he walked himself into a trap because people don't understand how consent works. And so at the end of the day, I just think you would have to suspend disbelief. You would have to literally just think everyone's lying. And I just don't, right? I just don't. And at the end of the day, if one woman is believed, if, 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 if one or two or three out of the 60, whatever, told, gave testimony and was found to be true, then that is it. That's enough to me. Y'all want to put a number. Well, at least he didn't do 30 rapes. He did only three rapes. It does not. A rape is a fucking rape. And I think that that's the weird part about trying to quantify the shit. You know, at the end of the day, it, it's too much. It's too many voices. It's too much to sit up and just be like, oh, yeah, nothing happened. Or you try to say maybe something happened, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is for you, but not that victim. You're telling on yourselves. And mind you, these are the same motherfuckers that was acting like their kids. So let me guess. You're going to let your kids be around Bill Cosby? Okay. You want Bill Cosby to mention your kids and give them a pudding pop? You think that shit is okay? See, everybody want to say R. Kelly innocent. Everybody want to say Bill Cosby innocent. But if you ask them, would they let their kids hang out with these people? Or let their young daughters or, or, or girls or women, would they trust their wives or whoever around this person? And they flinch. You know what it's fucking giving. You know what it's giving. You know the hypocrisy. You know what, it, what it's giving. And there's a lot of people out here who don't want to be honest and face the music. But a lot of you aren't. And one of the people is Felicia Rashad. Who just was a big disappointment. Come out of here talking about miscarriage of justice. Miscarriage. Felicia. Bye Felicia. I just cannot with Felicia Rashad. A legend. I love her. Her sister's Debbie Allen. What is going on? What are y'all doing? What are you doing Felicia? Then she backpedals and puts an Instagram story. Mind you she's kept her post up with Bill Cosby. Supporting Bill Cosby. The same post that she put on her Twitter and Instagram. She came out ready. To defend him on the jump. And and then got her Instagram story talking about she know family members and victims and you know this, that, and the third. And I was like, like, did why would you post that? Then why would you support that? So you're just talking out the side of your neck. That it's just bad. And she's the dean of the new art school that's named after, you know, um uh, Chadwick Baldwin. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on, come come on. Chadwick Bosman, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I'm frustrated. Chadwick Bosman, his he has a school, there's a school named after him at Howard, the art school. And Felicia Rashad's been named the new dean, which was good news initially. But I'm sitting there looking like there are gonna be many girls. Because Howard has a lot of women. I think there's more um women students, female students, than there is male students. And so 
it's going to be really interesting seeing her come start fall. Fall semester is going to be lit. Like, how are you going to go? How are you, how are you going to show up in fall? I'm just disappointed. And I just saw her in David Makes Man, which is this show I love. And I'm sitting there looking like, come on, Felicia. Just. And then you got Timberland's ass, who's trash. Okay, let's be clear. Timberland's ass is trash. You know, Timberland's ass is just trash. He posting the, the pudding popping in. Ice T talking about a hot boy summer. And then, you know, lastly, you know, the last two types of people, because I want to make sure I get them all done out the seven. Is someone who has homies or family members who have been in a similar situation as Cosby and are now projecting that shit in, the, in this shit. There's some people I know. There's a woman I know in the industry whose son um, got into some trouble in college around sexual harassment and I think got expelled. And she is a staunch Cosby supporter. Like she defends Cosby up and down. And she won't, you know, she's white. Won't, will not, like, not disbelieve, you know, the case. Will not, you know, and, be, and, and believe it. Because there's this hard reality that people don't want to believe. Yo, your child may have done that. You know, you're, you know, the person you know may have done that. But they're going to project, they're, they're going to project on other issues because this case and what this represents says a lot about society it doesn't just say a lot about bill cosby for me my blackness my manhood my identity does not fall starts begins or ends on fucking bill cosby's career because this is the same motherfucker who has spent the latter end of his career thinking he was holier than thou trying to tell the community about being black fathers and all this shit he is he is a scum before this even happened, he was trash. Y'all don't remember. Y'all don't remember? This was the same man back in the early 2000s, okay, that was out here talking about, you know, this man have had over 60 rape allegations, okay? But, but y'all over here forgetting that the NAACP had to get Bill Cosby together because he was over here talking about blaming the community for talking about the white man too much. That's what he did, right? Talking about victim complexes and how black people in this victim mentality. It's about taking responsibility for ourselves. Come the fuck on. He's the same guy who was out here talking about young black men are uneducated and, you know, women beaters and we need to pull up our pants and stop saying the N-word. Y'all remember the pound cake speech? Y'all remember that shit, right? You know, talking about, you know, not, not this one out here dealing with sexual assault people, right? Thanking people like Lil Boosie and all these motherfuckers for, for supporting him on Twitter. Like, this is what Bill Cosby was doing, y'all. He was out here blaming single mothers. Talking about dysfunctional families and people having five, six, seven babies at a time. This is what, this is what he was doing. And look at him. Look at him. And there's been people that have, that have come out against him. Hannibal Burris, the Boondocks. People, there was black folks, there was people before that was calling out Bill Cosby and knew what was going on. Y'all forget the Spanish fly speech he gave back in the day. Okay, with David Letterman. Y'all forget all of that shit, those interviews he did with Sophia Varga. Go look it up. Go look it up. Cosby been a fucking creep. Bill Cosby been a fucking creep. And we need to stop sitting over here victim blaming people 
and, and trying to act like we don't know what's going on and do the whole. Well, you know, my whole thing is this. If you don't know the case, you don't know what's going on, shut the fuck up on it then. I had somebody, a woman, okay, say something along the lines of, you know, I don't understand why these women would go to a man's house in the wee hours. Mind you, she's, you know, not questioning Bill Cosby's guilt, right? Basically, it was a low-key Bill Cosby supporter. And was like, I don't know why these women would go to his house in the wee hours of the night. You know, back in the day when I was out here, you know, I, 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 I would have a license plate. I would, do this. I would, I would call my homegirls. I would do this. I would track the door. And I said, hey, you're proving my fucking point. Because the reality is, why are you questioning? If a woman, whether a woman goes in the wee hours of the night or the wee hours of the day, if, if you don't think a person is a rapist or a sexual abuser or assault or whatever, it doesn't matter. They should be safe, right? Because the presumption should be innocence, right? Because there should be no reason why you should assume the worst. Why would you do all those precautions? Because you live in a society where rape culture makes people have to fear, right? They have to do all these things to protect themselves because they're scared. They're, they're scared of what can happen to them if they step out or say something to speak up. So I see a lot of this bullshit that goes on, y'all. I, I see a lot of this performativeness. I, I see a lot of this shit, man. And I'm looking at myself like you just proved the answer. Darren lies the truth, right? That women who are saying they're different from these other women, the, you're no different because the women who you're judging are victims of rape culture. And you who got all these pre-measures are living in fear because of rape culture. Because there's no reason a woman should have to do all of those things in a society where men don't ever have to do all of that when it comes to dealing with sexual partners. Um, they don't have to consider those types of factors in certain cases. But the fact that they have to do all of that, women have to think about all these measures to act like they're keeping themselves safe. Safe from whom? Men? Men you don't trust? Men you don't know? Oh, or men that you're scared that in the wee hours of the night might drug you and rape you because that is what was happening. So it's very weird. It's very weird to hear women say some of these things and do this to other women and not believe other women. It's it's hard. And as a man, look, I listen, as a queer man... Who, who, you know, do not have sexual attractions to, to women. I just, I just, it's a lot. It's a lot. But, fuck Bill Cosby. So, there was news today that, uh, recently, actually, uh, earlier this week, that Donald Rumsfeld has passed away at 88 years old. Okay, moving along. So David Makes Man, the new show that I've been telling you about in the second season. I am in love with the show. Oh my God, if you've been watching it, watch it with me. Catch up on HBO Max, HBO, you know, uh, you know, to, to demand. It's the season one's already out, but two seasons in. Oh my God, I miss this show. I've been missing this show. And I'm also hearing that Queen Sugar is coming back again in the fall. Wow. But like, oh, it's been so good. And Encore, um, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it. I, I'm going to have to watch some of the episodes because I've been drunk into news and media. So lots been going on. But also, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta is coming back next week. Oh my God. Cannot wait to talk about it with you all when the, you know, next week's episode. I am just been waiting for Love and Hip Hop. Y'all don't understand. This is my shit. I live for this show. This show is my life. I've been waiting for Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Y'all don't understand. Okay, this is the most highly anticipated show. Okay, I, they just put the like mega um, trailer out, and I lost it. it was like five minutes, and I was like, "Oh my god, everyone's back!" Scrappy and Bambi, um, Rashida and Kirk, um, Carly Red, Messy Carly Red, who is talking to Lamar Odom. He's on the show, making an appearance. Interesting. 
um, who else on the show I like? Oh, I love Sierra. And there's some new people. Oh, Safari and Erica Mena has been duking it out, which we all know in real life they're about to, they're on Splitsfield, but she is pregnant on this show. And Yandy and Mendeecees is now in Atlanta, which is so weird. And then, of course, they have our favorite, you know, you know, celebrity grifter in residence. Um, Tamika Mallory, she is on the making a cameo. She's not on the show like a, like a castmate regular, but she's over there pushing her, her activism. She's already was on the other Love and Hip Hops and Real Housewives. She's going to always make an appearance on the show because the grift is real. So the more you learn, the more you learn. So that is everything for this week so far. Listen, June 30th wore me out. Okay. And I just feel like July, as we now are into July, the new month is about to get even wilder. Put some sunscreen on, even if you're black. A little bit of SPF, right? 15. Just me. I just need SPF 15. I don't need all the other stuff. I'll be, you know, using my Ambien, blending in my, my melon, whatever. But, like, listen, use use, use sunscreen, y'all, because it's real out here. This global warming is no joke, okay? People are out here dying of heat waves and strokes and shit. It's, it's getting out of control. Stay hydrated. Mind yours. You know, play your part. Know your role. And be best. Earnestly speaking is recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. To stay up to date with the latest on the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mr. Ernest Owens. Use the hashtag Earnestly Speaking to tell me what you thought about this episode and check out my website at ErnestOwens.com.